Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Bitchin. This is the podcast where we talk about people. And then we get comments and we just love to hear from you all. And uh, this week we have a very special guest, a woman very close to my heart, Nell Hudson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> oh my God, the sound effect. That's what my heart does when I hear oh your God. name. I'm so excited. Thank you for joining us, Nell. Oh, it's a real honour. Yes. I've listened to every episode of Bitchin oh. Oh my since gosh. its genesis. You're I'm your our, biggest fan. You're our one listener. <laughs> That's who that is. We were wondering. Yep, and the hate mail is me as well. Oh, okay. All the messages. Why are you so obsessed with me? <laughs> um, who would you like to talk about today? I've chosen and regretted choosing <laughs> Jordan Peterson. I'm just so cross at you. I just I'm got sorry. in so many YouTube holes. How depressed was everyone after they finished watching all of his videos last yeah. time? I wasn't that depressed. Were you not? No. Oh, really? this is going to get interesting. It's going to get interesting. Do you love him? Is that why you wanted to No, talk about I don't him? love him, but I am here to make a case for him. Oh, great. Oh, okay. All right, that's in, good. In a hopefully non-offensive way. Okay. Okay, cool. But as in, I don't like him really. But yeah. I just thought it would be interesting to... I mean, that's why I picked him, is and I thought he was controversial and Yes, he's very controversial and very, very influential as well. Shall we start with uh, how he came to prominence? Mm -hmm. Yeah, go on, Tilly. Because it's not great, is it? Nope. As, a, as a rise to fame. <laughs> Being annoyed by transgender people isn't really, you know, it's not, you know, you want to release a hit single or something, <laughs> something fun, um, instead of just being a sex like, tape. yeah, a yeah. sex tape. Oh god, um, instead of just being like, I think it's wrong for trans people to have legal protection, which is what the bill was. Yeah. So he's a lecturer, academic. He is a professor in psychology at Toronto University. And Toronto and University were bringing in a new. Oh no! no it, was it was Canada. Canadian government. It was a it was nationwide legal mm -hmm. bill. Bill C sixteen. Did um, the bill pass? Yes. Oh, it did. fabulous! It did pass. So the reason that I got interested in him mm -hmm. was this was obviously really controversial but the way it was presented to me which wasn't through the news but was through chatting to a friend about it was that he was standing up for freedom of speech because mm. the friend that I was talking to was uh, a man a man <laughs> a <laughs> white man can I, can I guess he was oh my god how did you know was he straight like yeah <laughs> but he presented it as there's this guy and he's he says that if you're if he is with a transgender person and they say call me by this pronoun, he will do that gladly. But what he does, he what he was against was a government enforcing mm. words that we use in our language. And I thought that was interesting. Mm. And Samuel Wellian and I was like, oh my god, he's right. He's totally right. The government can't enforce words that we use in our language because the law is there to prevent us to do things. It's not there to compel us to do things. But on further inspection, the bill has nothing to do with actually what pronouns people are assigned and it doesn't compel people to use pronouns it just says that it's wrong to discriminate against, yeah. against people because of their gender expression or identity so on further inspection it was a load of us about nothing yeah and, and he's uh, transphobic and he's, he's hella transphobic i want to yep. read a tweet that i found oh i can't find it but um it was um it was one of his own tweets was it no it was uh, someone else i'll find it and i'll link it if we put it in the show mm -hmm. um basically a guy on twitter saying that he used to teach at the same university that jordan peterson did oh yeah and that he was just known around campus for not liking trans people and 
They used to glue his door shut. What? I'm sorry. <laughs> they used to just go and glue his door shut because they hated oh, him. I oh love God. students. Yeah, I really do. He, John Peterson clearly does not um, like student activists, but yeah. That's so funny. Very no, funny. he clearly doesn't. It's like yeah. when you go away for the weekend, you come back and your room is all upside down and on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> did that ever happen to you at uni? No, it didn't. But we did fill a person's room with balloons once. Oh, that's quite cool. benign. Yeah. Well, it, it's, it is, but then it's very annoying for them when they've got to spend about three solid hours popping balloons before they yeah. can get into bed but i like the idea of doing it that's that was, that's it's so funny that that is a prank and also what you would do on someone's birthday <laughs> <laughs> totally he um can i just say on the transphobia yeah. issue that um after i was uh done watching hours of jordan peterson which i don't recommend <laughs> i watched a video that my friend had recommended to me um, by a woman on YouTube called ContraPoints. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is a trans woman who does videos on YouTube about um, politics and philosophy. She's very, very, very funny. Um, and she has a video about Jordan Peterson. And oh, it was cool. a wonderful antidote to him. Him. <laughs> um, and his supporters more than anything. And uh, I really recommend giving it a watch. Yeah. Okay. And we will, we will link to it in the, the bitch in Twitter because it's a really, really fun video. And uh, what does she have to say? Um, She just kind of really critically analyzes um, what he's actually saying when he's talking about cultural Marxism Mm -hmm. um, and uh, postmodern. Uh, yeah, because that was a real point for me. It's like, what do you mean by postmodernism, which he seems to fundamentally hate so much? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I got various different answers about that. And well, what's funny is that Jordan Peterson seems to be someone who is so ardently pro evidence and science and facts, and I think that's why he appeals to a lot of men and the alt right is mm-hmm. because he's sort of like stridently like mm. uh, sort of you know fact based, but um, yeah. he actually constantly contradicts himself. Yeah, he does. Yeah, constantly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and in his twelve rules for life, it's ironic because one of his things is like be precise in your speech, and it's like but you're literally tripping over yourself <laughs> all the time. Did anyone else notice how he um, he never says um or uh? No, that's he never he never uses fillers at all in his speech. He's so, he is so precise in his speech, but then uh, yeah, like that's he would never do that. Amazing. What I just did. Because I think for him that displays weakness or mm. an inability to communicate yourself properly. And if you can't, if you're saying er and om, then, yeah. then maybe what you're saying is My mum was, on, the first time my mother went on the radio, they Ooh. told her to not say amora. They said, D- just try not to say amora, try not to make any hesitation sounds. So it might be a thing, yeah. sort of old school I think that's a, a generational yeah. thing. And I think a lot of his politics is that which is old school versus he is the ultimate kind of confirmation bias i think for like you were saying Mm. for people the thing i've only just come to terms with is the problem with progression is it does leave some people behind yeah and if you are a white man who is feeling completely 
like this world is happening without you and if identity politics is at the forefront of everything mm. and your identity is no longer fashionable then to have somebody really articulately without ums and ahs and very academically explain to you that actually all of your insecurities are legitimate mm. I think you don't have to be an inherently evil bad person to then want to watch all of his videos because it gives you the ultimate confirmation bias mm. and I can mm. see why your friend was saying freedom of speech because actually then you're finding something that's external to you and just your own like fear of something mm. um as a way of legitimizing just feeling really compelled to like him I can imagine if I was yeah. a white man particularly like in a university setting where everything's moving forward really quickly rightly so but that we do have to kind of come to terms with the fact that that is leaving some people out of the conversation mm-hmm. yeah and, and where we, they mm. go and when you combine yeah. that with late stage capitalism, what you have is a a lot of young men who feel very disenfranchised from society yeah. at large. There's a really um, funny song from Bo Burnham called oh. "Straight White Male." <laughs> I love Bo and Burnham. It's yeah, it's really really funny. But there's a line in it in which he said, he, "I can't remember the exact lyric, but it's like." Um, we used to own all the money and property, <laughs> and we still do. <laughs> but it's, now it's not as fun. <laughs> and I was like, that's totally that's it. It's not, it's not fun anymore, yeah. really. He gives these young men a blueprint with which to live their lives. Mm. He says, these are my 12 rules. Yeah. And if you follow them, clean your room, your life will improve. <laughs> and, it's, and, it's and it does, and it has Marie Kondo. <laughs> <Yeah. under different laughs> He's also really handy. I have a lot of friends on dating apps where if a man has got him in their bio, it's really handy for knowing oh, to a litmus definitely... Test. Yeah. It's a litmus Swipe test. Left. He's become a litmus test. Yes. And it's interesting, though, because he didn't set out to be this kind of Pied Piper of like white boys in their bedrooms kind of yeah <laughs> that sounds like something else and, yeah. mm. we've mm. already done michael jackson so. <laughs> but yeah it's interesting i think you're right in that he definitely is the sort of father figure really reassuring really eloquent mm. like i've got the answers mm. no arms and ears mm. figure and yeah. i totally see the appeal of him yeah. as someone who's kind of you know, it is as someone like I'm left leaning and, and I feel confused by the amount of information that there is and the amount of nuance that there is yeah. and trying to navigate that and not trip up in that. And he's mm. all he's saying is, is it's very simple and this is how you do it. And I can mm. totally see the appeal. They're not it's not my beliefs at all, mm. but I completely see why, you know. Because yeah. it feels so nice. When you have a strong opinion about something, yeah. it feels great. Mm. It's like, I know I'm right about this yeah. and I can argue my corner. And when you're not really sure about something mm. and you haven't figured it out yet and you don't have all the facts, it's so easy to kind of just pick a figure like him or whoever your messiah is. You know, some mm. people have that with like, oh, well, I just agree with everything this person says. We shouldn't be apologising mm. for holding people to account for saying the wrong thing yeah. out of fear of upsetting. Totally, yeah. totally. But- Jordan Peterson, I think, is using that fear of people saying the wrong thing mm. to kind of push his views, which are extreme, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm. There, there's a difference between being worried about saying the wrong thing and trying to be politically correct and being what he is, which is actively against political correctness. Mm-hmm. And he's just, he's validating all those people who've got those niggles of fear mm. into having full-blown, actually, mm-hmm. I'm going to say whatever I want, even mm-hmm. if it's offensive and transphobic. Well, that's the thing, because he, if you look at the comments in a Jordan Peterson video, I mean... They're a total cesspit, most of them. 
and YouTube comments in general. Yeah, oh my God. to be fair, YouTube comments in general, but also a lot of the um, the stuff that I've read about people who go to his lectures and stuff. A lot of it is not necessarily people who are engaging with his his actual ideas. They're actually just oh, people, they're straw manning. Yeah, they're actually yeah. people who are going. Finally, it's it's someone who's standing up for the yes me because i got fired because i said yes the n-word it. and it's like no that's actually it's saying. you know yeah and well, then, that's what's interesting about him as a figure is that mm. both on the left and the right people are straw manning him they're taking mm. what he's saying and they're turning it into yeah. their own interpretation of it and running with it and it's interesting that that's happening on both sides yeah can you mm. explain what straw manning? straw manning is where you take something that someone has said and you twist it into your interpretation of it and then you attack mm. that yeah you oh my attack God. your interpretation. I do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all do. But like, for example, the famous Kathy Newman interview. Yeah, that which I is an uncomfortable watch. It's a really uncomfortable say. watch. Yeah. And to be honest with you, I'm, uh, you know, not on his side, but I don't think it's very well conducted as mm-hmm. an interview. Um, she comes into she, it with completely the completely. idea that he is basically a fascist. Yeah. Which I think, you know, I disagree with Jordan Peterson on nearly everything. Yeah. But... I think we have to be careful about misinterpreting the role of, ideas. of a news anchor yeah, as, yeah. as a journalist. You don't want to be too biased when mm. you come in there. And she storms a lot. She sort of says, "So you're saying that you think that women and yeah. there is no pay gap?" And he didn't say that. And then she sort of runs with that idea, kind of thing. Right. But it is. But they it, do that on both sides. Yeah, they do. And it's it's interesting in the contrapoints video. Actually, she. Um, talks about how like like you said mm. people do straw man him and, and misrepresent him but also he does a very clever thing where he will say one thing in the context of something else and it makes your brain connect the dots between those two things oh yeah and then what you do is you fall into his trap Ooh. and you say so you're saying that there's no that there's no pay gap or that you're saying that women don't you know women aren't disproportionately um victims of sexual violence and mm. he's got he goes no that's not what i said i never said <laughs> that. the frog voice. literally um and i think that's yeah i think that is a thing that happens but mm. i do also agree that his ideas get misrepresented a lot but by the people who give him money as well so i mean he's yeah. he's too you know he's responsible for that as well yeah that's a really dodgy thing isn't it mm. is that he's received all this funding from basically people on the internet being yeah. like I think he's closed his Patreon now. But at has, one point, yeah. what was he earning? It was like fifty thousand dollars a month. Oh my god! From Patreon, crazy. But they've changed it, so they they've changed their laws controversially, so you can't be a political figure anymore. Mm, which again nice. is interesting. But he's not a political exactly, figure. Exactly, exactly. He's an a professor act. at university. Why is he going around giving everybody marriage counselling? <laughs> Have you seen? There's loads of videos of him giving marriage counselling. Well, he's a psychologist. He was a psychologist in private practice he before is, yeah. he oh, was. I see. So and he's not just an academic. He's he's a, he is a shrink, and, and I think yes. that's why he's so. Um, I'm not going to say persuasive in interviews, but he's overpowering sure. in interviews. I could not have a conversation with him. I'd yeah. I'd oh, go he, to does, bits. he does this dance where some, yeah. suddenly you end up being like, bleh, bleh, bleh. yeah, like I've completely Absolutely. lost. Yeah. yeah, and like you were saying, he's he sort of says two thoughts and makes you yeah connect bridge the, dots. the gap. Yeah, and, and it's a clever yeah. there's, um, psychological trick. An article in Financial Times um, that's an interview with him, which is is good. And just to go back about the is he is he political, mm. his relationship with his followers. The journalist says here, but could he be encouraging his admirers to reinforce their prejudices to build up steam? Nice. And he says, no, I don't think so. They never talk about politics to me when they meet me. 
And I think that's really interesting because I do think that they feel like they have this personal relationship mm-hmm. with him. Mm-hmm. So to him, that must reinforce his belief that he's not necessarily well, putting out this right wing. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. That's very interesting. I've got what he, his own... But then he's probably contradicted his himself own somewhere else. Quote so. about how he identifies politically as uh, a classical liberal. Or. Yeah, he, as a British classical liberal, yeah. which is very odd that he puts the word British in there. Like, what's that got to do with? Because when he says people don't talk to him about politics, they definitely do. Yeah. It's just they probably don't talk to him about, you know, the politics of government. Yeah. They're probably talking to him about men's rights. About the mm. politics of their own lives as yeah. they perceive that. So he says, temperamentally, I'm high on openness. God, he's obsessed with the big five personality traits, yeah. isn't he? Temperamentally, I'm high on openness, which tilts me to the left. Although I'm also uh, conscientious, which tilts me to the right. Philosophically, I am an individualist, not a collectivist of the right or left. Bore off. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's definitely as well, like, for me, uh, I find a lot of that sort of very technical language just a total smokescreen mm. and it and it phases me out and oh, i go i completely lost what you were saying yeah. and I, he'll I, always use the longest possible word mm. that he can for anything mm. yeah. yeah that's on purpose <laughs> it is completely on purpose Isn't i'm trying to find this quote that's also from the um oh this is great okay this is also from the financial times uh mm. article he spoons liquid into a bowl for him and slides a pastry and a Spanish tortilla onto a plate for me. So he's having dinner with Peterson at this point. He often uses the longest word possible. He puts down a side plate and explains, This is a subsidiary plate. <laughs> <laughs> I find That's him so, so funny. Yeah, that is Everything the thing. he says to me is so deeply hilarious. That is the so thing. Just... I was absolutely wetting myself. Did you see the video where he's talking about women not becoming leaders or CEOs? It's like a yeah. lecture he's given to some students. Okay. 
And it is really offensive and, <laughs> and, and sexist, but I also was just really laughing loads because he's basically saying, and it's that personality traits thing again, he's arguing that women are just much kinder, nicer people, and you feel flattered that he's saying that. And he's like, and that's why mm. none of you are leaders. It's not because, it's because you have to be essentially a psychopath. That's what he's saying in the Cathy Newman interview, isn't it? Yes, that of course. That we're high on agreeableness. High on which agreeableness. Which means that we're less likely to become... Positions of power. And he's also saying Let's that... Let's fucking show you agreeable, mate. <laughs> I love that. But it is just really... It's really funny because I think it... I think it is that. I think it's a feeling threatened because he then is talking about when he's teaching and he looks around the class and a lot of his students are women. And he's like, and that's awful. And that's a real... And I worry, where are all the men? And who are you all going to marry? Yeah. And I so just funny, know... isn't it? He's well, so old-fashioned. He's so old-fashioned. But it is funny because obviously all the women in his class don't care if he's worrying about who they're going to marry because mm. they know they're going to be fine. <laughs> so it's chill. Oh my God, did you see the bikini pics? No. Did you see about when his daughter tweeted a bikini pic at oh. him? What? Swings a bell. Yeah, just tweeting a bikini pic at, at, at dad. Yeah, <laughs> so basically they're both on this all-meat diet. Yes, because, yeah, no, this to, is another thing. What? So he, both him and his daughter have uh, well, she severe has an auto, depression. De- autoimmune disease. Yeah. Um, and the only thing that worked to cure it for her was an all-meat diet. Mm. And he was like, I'll do it with you to sort of support her. And yeah. it ended up curing his depression that he's had lifelong depression. Yeah. Um, and he used to eat vegetables as well, but now he doesn't even yeah. eat vegetables. So he just meat. eats meat. Yeah. He only eats meat. For breakfast, lunch and dinner. It's so weird. I mean, fair play that he was being nice to his daughter and also yeah. good for him that he's cured depression. Didn't yeah. hear that? And also, let's be honest... He looks good. <laughs> he does look good. He's, he's a charismatic figure, as as people yeah. are. Tilly's blushing. Tilly's I just blushing. the thing is, he looks like he just looks an, like an older version of my boyfriend. So I'm, really, <laughs> I'm kind of you know, I'm I'm into. Shall it. I tell you something nice that he did? Oh just yeah, to like yeah, go on. Throw Cause a spinner cause in the work. Confuse us further. Did please. you read or hear about the self authoring program? Yes, yes, I did. So there we go. So this. For, for your listeners, mm. um, was a program, a writing therapy program, which is... Are you sponsored by Jordan Peterson <laughs> at this moment? Look at me <laughs> being his advocate. Um, which is basically where you write down your hopes and dreams mm. in an online authoring program. And they've rolled it out in the University of Rotterdam, I want to say, in McGill University. And it had incredible results. And dropout rates decreased by 25% and grades went up by 20%. And it's all by just saying, like, in three years, I want to get these grades Mm. and I want to be here in my life and I want this and I want that. And if you continue to do that as a practice, then it really, uh, you know, benefits your life. Because that's cool. Yeah, he says that um, writing about your life is one of the best things that you can do for kind of your self-esteem which is stupid because he doesn't like identity politics and yet he's encouraging people to write about their i know it's so funny that he identifies as an individualist but then doesn't like identity politics well in a way it's it's more that i think he's talking about more about the relationship with yourself 
and how the relationship you have right. with yourself yes. isn't necessarily about identity sports. He's he's um, very interested in the hero's journey, Joseph Campbell, yes. the idea of the, the hero's journey. And so I think that ties into the self-authoring thing of kind of we're all the... Uh, we're all Christ. We're all Christ. <laughs> he's very we're, into we're that. We're all God. We're all like the leaders of our own destiny yeah. in a way. I've got a quote from him. So in the New York Times he says, the, lessons most, the lesson most patients need to hear, he says, is grow the hell up, accept some responsibility, live an honourable life. And I think that that's something that, I mean, I can't believe that that's something that people haven't heard, men haven't heard growing up. Mm. But I do think that, you know, that's probably the first time someone's told them that. And mm-hmm. co- and they believe mm-hmm. him because he is... And what do we think about that message? I think it's pretty naive in a wider context mm-hmm. but i think i understand the power of it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think that's a really good point mm-hmm. i think with all of his 12 rules for life and i haven't read the book but i read the rules <laughs> of Same. the book and and i might read the book to be fair it does look quite interesting but uh the way you put it just then it's naive in a wider context but you can see the power of it oh totally yeah. and i think all his all his rules that he sets out are are that basically mm. that like they they sort of laser go in. Do you know what I mean? They they're very digestible. They're mm. very sort of like oh okay that makes sense mm. on a basic level. And uh, but also it's like tarot reading, isn't it? Where it's about it's then. just like tarot reading. <laughs> <laughs> it you make it applicable to you mm. and you put it within the context of what you're going through mm-hmm. which is why I think if you're in any way oppressed somebody telling you to grow up and take responsibility mm. is quite enraging yeah but if you're not it's quite liberating yeah the people who like his work and and use his work and put it up on YouTube and stuff every time that there's like a title of a video with him in it's like mm. Jordan Peterson calmly destroys eight feminist bitches and i'm like <laughs> whoa we just need to like yeah. and then i watched the video and it was like they were just having a conversation i know <laughs> it's like and they were disagreeing but with that's him the confirmation biases you just come yeah. away agreeing with whoever you agreed with in exactly the first exactly yeah because i then watched that video being like oh they're really reasonable and jordan peterson seems a bit angry but someone else would watch a support of jordan peterson would sure. watch that video and go oh my god daddy done good isn't he <laughs> yeah, great yeah. like you know or even that they're like both reasonable like yeah He's, he's in my opinion wrong mm. and I'm on the side of the feminist however yeah. those this is what I mean about him is that the the title of that video is mm. Jordan Peterson destroys yeah. feminists. like watch him take them down and actually it's quite a like intellectual yeah yeah debate really mm. that he's mm. having with people quite often mm. and I think that he's sort of done quite well partly because Christopher Hitchens died and there's this like uh, that's yeah. interesting straight white male authoritarian father mm. figure gap that has been filled by him. <laughs> yeah. Love that. <laughs> and the That's wearing so of the true. suits, like you never mm. see him looking not put together. Mm. You know, it's it's very that. And you fancy him? Listen, <laughs> don't it's cancel it. me, bro. <laughs> yep. I wouldn't have a conversation with him, but I'd have sex with him. So really, <laughs> the it's systemic. Like the pay gap isn't just men and women are doing the same jobs, and the boss of those two jobs is mm-hmm. going, "Hey, you're a man. Here's ten pounds, and hey, you're a woman. Here's eight pounds." It's so systemic and it's so much to do with childcare and how society views men and women and how society views mothers like 95 percent of men in this country don't take any of their paternity leave that's people mental. just don't take paternity leave and there and i read interviews about like why that is and a lot of it's to do with pride and ego and like i don't want to look bad i don't want to look like i'm slacking 
Um, and that's a lot to do with societal expectations on men. And I think it's interesting to bring it back to Jordan Peterson. I think that he, like, he's sort of almost trying to say this. He's trying to say the gender pay gap isn't as simple as that. It's a lot more nuanced and there's a lot of factors about why there's a pay gap. But the way he does it is so incendiary and inflammatory. Mm. And I don't even know if this is what he actually means, but just to sort of vaguely try and defend him for some reason. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Cancelled. Cancelled. Yeah, it's interesting. And I I think that I was going to talk about how he is incendiary because I think that he's he discovered fame and then he was like oh I quite like this Mm. you're so right because he says things that it's just like there's no need for that mate come on and you can see the sort of glint in his eyes sometimes it's like he can't help it yeah like the the GQ interview there's a bit where um, there's like kind of like a vague moment of connection between the interviewer and him yes in which that he starts talking about how he was a teacher and how he loved that job because she's talking about how there's not that many male primary school teachers and how it would, maybe yes. it would be nice if there was more. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Peterson, there's like a vague hint of a smile and he's like, you know, I really loved that job and I loved working with the kids and, um, you know, I used to wrestle with them and he's like, you can't do that now, obviously. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, mate, can you have a nice time for like 10 seconds? It's not going to kill you, like... It's weird because he does, on the Russell Brand one, he really lets go and they laugh. They discuss in the quality of mischief. Russell Brand puts it as that. It's like, you have a lot of mischief in you, don't you? Like, you ah, like to stir the pot. And Jordan Peterson laughs. He laughs out loud. Um, and it's like, yeah, I do. And also, there's another one of his videos on YouTube where he gets out a come at the frog puppet and is like... Can you tell the difference oh between our voices? <laughs> Lol. I don't know why every impression I do ends up sounding like Cher. <laughs> <laughs> like, do I need to see someone? Oh, that was good. That sounded like Carmen. Who goes? Come on. Like <laughs> Come on, Jordan. <laughs> that sound like Cher. It's so good. Oh, that's amazing. I don't believe in what you're saying, Jordan. <laughs> he t- so he talks about the Toronto killer, and he says um, he was angry at God because women were rejecting him. Is that the, the Toronto cu- killer? Yeah, the right. cure for that is enforced monogamy. That's actually why monogamy emerges. Um, Half the men fail, and no one cares about the men who fail. (sighs) What about the women who've just been shot? Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. It's that kind of re-centering of of violence against people to put the sympathy on the side of the people who committed violence. And (laughs) ironically... He is an individualist mm-hmm. and with a lot of his ideas he then removes the idea of individual responsibility yeah. because ultimately every decision you make is your own. You make it in a context of societal pressures and um, everything that's happened to you up to that point but you still make a decision to go and buy a weapon or mm-hmm. get a weapon and mm-hmm. kill someone. So I think it's yeah. interesting that in that kind of framing of it and I do understand what he's trying to say is trying to say that these men are being forgotten and that's why the violence happens. that's so funny because having just watched the GQ interview last night that you sent me, that is that the Toronto killer Mm. is is presumably someone who arguably isn't very mentally well Mm. or stable and is a, is an outlier basically, Mm. you know, as much as um, he may be representative to a more extreme degree of the sentiments of a lot of people Mm. of disenfranchised people, he's an outlier, but Mm. what was, and and yet Jordan Peterson is sort of defending him and saying, look, that here is a problem based on this one outlier. Whereas in the GQ interview that we watched last night, the female interviewer brings up how YouTube videos can lead to men becoming violent. And she gives an example and says, you know, 
videos on YouTube that seem harmless and seem like they're just intellectually discussing a certain topic can actually lead to someone going out, buying mm. a gun, becoming violent. And she uses that as an argument against him and against his videos and against yeah. what he's standing for. And he argues back, oh, no, that's one person and that's a paranoid person and that's a mentally yeah. ill person. So he's totally kind of... Mm. Contradicting. Yeah, him. using yeah. that for his own... Get yeah. in the bin. Cause. Get in the bin. <laughs> get in the bin. Yeah, fully get in the bin. When you start defending a man who shot women, mm. you just, that's it now. Good that, point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, it, and it is that thing about violence and the use of violence is a lot of people will have ideas similar to the Toronto killer. Sure. It doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to go out and commit violence, but I would argue that having those views is, you know, not mm-hmm. good. <laughs> Definitely. Not good regardless in how you Definitely. live your life and how you relate to the world, so... So that was Jordan Peterson. What a wild ride. Call me. <laughs> Tilly's obsessed. Thank you so much, Nell, for joining us. Thanks for having me. It You're was amazing. A blast. Did that just... make any sense? Yes, whatsoever. my God. We You're had a great so time. Smart. Very, very I've smart. learnt loads. So have I, and I had a good time doing it. <sighs> Nell. Hi. You are an actress. Mm hmm. Uh, what what's coming up for you? Oh my god! I'm actually currently in the third series of Victoria on ITV. Fabulous. Yes, I heard there was Which an amazing on... actress in the second season of that. I don't know why <laughs> she's not in the third one. <laughs> anyway, and where can people follow you on the social medias? I'm at Nell Rose Hudson, I think, mm-hmm. on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you for allowing me to plug myself. Uh, yeah it was a pleasure Helen's got a pegging kit (laughs) thanks for having me thank you I love this podcast so much we love you I love love it please come back thank you thank you guys for joining us see you next week bye Bye. love you bye I love it You've been listening to Bitchin, a podcast by Tilly Steele and Helen Monks. Our music is by Dave Cribb and our artwork is designed by Luke W. Robson. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.